everybody, and welcome to this Modern Woodworkers Association online discussion about all things woodworking. I'm Tom Iavino of Tom'sWorkbench.com, and I'll be your host for the program. Joining me today from Hotlanta, Georgia, the home of Coca-Cola and the birthplace of the Modern Woodworkers Association, Chris Atkins from High Rock Woodworking. Welcome, Chris. How you doing? Doing good, Tom. How are you? Doing fine. I heard you had a little hijinks on the highways. <laughs> I, uh, I I did. I my I'm trying to stay at home and uh, and not get on the highways after uh, we went to Texas for a couple of days and my luck with uh, speedy. I, I heard you I heard you brought back a souvenir. I may have from brought the state back, of Louisiana. I may have brought back a little souvenir from the state of Louisiana. The the fine folks over there decided to uh, give me uh, give me a, a nice little letter. You know. Nice. So, uh, and what was the letter in relation to? Just curious. It it could have been something to do with uh, speeding. Velocity of your vehicle, perhaps? Velocity of my vehicle. That's, that's was it correct. a congratulations for getting through the state as fast as possible? It was the congratulations. That's right. <laughs> well, 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 you have fun working that through the court system, and I'll, I'll move on to our next, uh, our next host here. Uh, Thanks, and, Tom. And, of course, over in sunny Long Island, New York, yes, Long Island is the way it's pronounced, folks. Is the Ami Palaki of the penultimate work? <laughs> Every week I mess this up. The penultimate woodshop.com. What do you say, Diami? Good evening, Tom. That is it. The penultimate woodshop. I don't do work there. I do wood there. Yeah, it's it's all about the wood, isn't it? So, so how are you doing there in Long Island today? Oh, not too bad. You, not you didn't too get bad. pulled over speeding, have you? I haven't gotten a ticket in God knows how long. I'm due. Um, okay, well, don't, don't jinx yourself. But I, if it's of any value, I've had, I've had my license suspended because of speeding tickets in the past, so... <laughs> Rock out, baby. Woohoo. <laughs> All right. Now, now, of course, up in, up in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, or just outside of Boston, Massachusetts, is Nick, don't call him Rick Rouleau, of mansfieldfinefurniture.com. Nick, um, how fast exactly do you travel in Boston? Well, we don't get ticketed at 82 most of the time. Uh, <laughs> I, I hear you guys. I hear you guys in New England. You you drive fast too. I, I'm just curious. We we tend to drive a little bit lead-footed. Yeah, we do. Until of course you get into the city, and then everything comes to a screeching halt, right? Yeah, it's it's 82 or zero. Those are your choices. <laughs> you don't really get a choice. It's either one or the That's other, right. right? That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, since we're speeding our way through this presentation, it seems like we've got the gang all here. And I gotta ask you, what's what's on your bench? And I'm gonna start. I'm still working on this on this step stool for my uh, for my mom. And uh, I got the dovetails cut, which is great. And I got some assembly done together, which is awesome. But I haven't gotten any more time on it. And I probably won't get any more time this weekend because I started another project around the house. I discovered black mold behind the tile in my shower in my kids' bathroom. So I'm gonna be spending the entire weekend working with tile and all the other fun stuff that goes along with it. Oh well. Bad for me. Good times, Tom. <laughs> New glass it? tile. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's what I really want. It's something really annoying. <laughs> Chris, what, what's on your bench these days? Um, tell me actually, it's the workbench. Tell me it's the workbench. It, it is not the workbench. I'm I, stung. Uh, <laughs> I finally got the workbench all put together, and I, I still like the... Uh, I've got to make the chop for the leg vice, but I'm... I've I've got everything else together on it, so I'm actually working on a few other projects. I've got a few small things that are nothing nothing big and important, but uh, a few small things that I've had on the drawing board for a while that I need to play around with. And, uh, well, hope to get those. 
I hope you get to them very quickly. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll get to them around 82. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm in rare form tonight. We're all in rare form tonight. Uh, uh, Nick, how, how we, how, what are we doing here in Boston? What's on the bench? Uh, I just cleared it off my bench, but for those people who are watching this live, you can see over my over my shoulder the sawtail that I just, well, I wouldn't say it's finished because it's not glued up. It's just kind of held together by dovetails at the moment. But um, it's hanging on the wall full of saws. It's finished. It's hanging on the wall full of saws because I was trying to glued. test out how the, taws, <laughs> how the saws fit. Uh, it's definitely not glued. Um, it could have come down any time. But I realized today that today, today was the first day in something like six months that I've cut dovetails, and they turned out not so bad, considering it's been six months. Well, you know, practice does make perfect, as they say. That's the you thing. You don't want to get have, too far out of practice. That's right. I, I was a little bit out of practice, and I was really itching to cut some dovetails, and uh, I'm, I'm mostly satisfied with how they <laughs> turned out. Well, well, here's a good question. How many actual dovetails are in that project? I mean, it looks like a bunch. Uh, probably on the order of 20 to 30. Yeah, okay. You know, there's this thing called the router jig. It cuts really nice-looking dovetails. I'm just curious if you've ever heard of it. Yeah, too slow. Okay, good. I'm glad. we got to go to 82 miles an hour when we're cutting That's the dovetails. Right. Right? Okay, That's right. Perfect. This is Boston. <laughs> okay, Deami, what, what's on your bench these days? Uh, well, what was on my bench for the last week or so was this nice board that I got uh, from Carrie Holtman. And damned if I can tell you what kind of wood it was. But it had two live edges, and it kind of looks like a tree. It's, it was off a very small tree. And yeah, I'm just curious, yeah. Tiami, are you suspecting this board may have come out of a tree at some point? I suspect it did. That's why it probably looks like a tree, because I think this is one of those rare boards that actually came out of a tree. So, there was, so, so hold on, let, let me get this straight. There was okay. a tree that grew somewhere. And there was a slice taken out of it at some point. That is what it looks like, but I haven't gotten the lab results back yet. I'm not 100% what, sure. What is this witchcraft of which you speak? <laughs> Well, it's from Pennsylvania, don't you know? Okay, all right, all right. They do things differently in the Keystone State. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it, I was moving a bunch of lumber, and the, the board was just beautiful. So I just I left it out, and I started sanding the hell out of it and epoxying it, and it's going to make one of the vertical legs for the banner rack I'm making for uh, now, our Now, now can, I, can I ask you, you said it was Carrie Holman's board. Yeah. Does Carrie Holman know it's missing? Uh, she does now. Okay, good. True confessions of lawbreakers. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. You're assuming anybody's actually listening to this, uh, let alone Carrie herself. Hey, listen, listen, listen. My mom is listening right now. She's on the phone to the authorities in Pennsylvania, <laughs> my friend. So, so we've got one listener. Woohoo! Hey, it's my mom. Come on. All right. What's on your bench, Tom? Well, gosh, I told you already. My mom's step stool, by golly. Hey, mom, if you're watching, it's coming your way. They just got to get glued together. It's in potentia right now. It'll be there soon, though. They actually fit. It will awesome. I love when stuff like that works. Okay. Tonight, we are, besides talking about Chris Atkins' driving habits, we're going to be discussing a really cool book that, uh, by, by this guy named Spike Carlson. Did his mom really name him Spike? I hope so. Okay. All right. If not, then he's going by that, you know, like Buzz Aldrin or something like that. Uh, the book he has is a uh, woodworking FAQ. Um, Sarah Armour of the uh, Story Publishing was kind enough to send us some copies our way. And uh, in the press release, woodworking FAQ is built as a virtual mentor. I see everybody's reading their copy. Let's put it up. Okay. A virtual mentor. Well, since you have to read it, it's not really virtual, is it? 
Go it's not real. <laughs> okay, it's not a real mentor. Okay. Thoughts, initial thoughts on the book. What do you think? Somebody jump in. Anyone. All right, I'll talk about it. It's um. The, the, the way I looked at it, uh, it, it's got a lot of handy um, tips and, and tricks. And if you're into the, the magazines that, you know, the front sections of a lot of the magazines have their tips and tricks sections where they, uh, you know, they give you the, the question from a reader and the editor responds in, you know, with the best information they can. This is a book that compiles all of the magazines you've read in the last 15 years piles them together in one place, and is a book full of tips and tricks. Now, they're really good tips. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are really some awesome tips in there. They are. They are. And I, I think I had a slightly more positive opinion of the book than some other reviewers. Um, but the fault that I find in the book is not in the tips and tricks in the presentation, because they're all laid out fairly well. There's like this fictitious... Uh, discussion that goes on with asking questions. I think the questions are somewhat contrived, but regardless, the information in it is very good, but I think it's, it's a little off to call it woodworking FAQ. It's more like um, do-it-yourself FAQ. I would say that easily 50% of the book is not what woodworkers would call woodworking. It's more crown moldings and home improvement and like trim carpentry and, and things like that, things that most of us probably overlap into, but it's not a woodworking FAQ. It's a do-it-yourself FAQ. You know, that, that's, an, that's an interesting point. I mean, that is. You know, some of the, some of the tips weren't necessarily what you find in a woodshop. And you bring right. that up. And, you know, I'm looking you know, through the book right now. And, you know, there are some things, of course, obviously, how to, how to you know, get a joint that comes together nice and tight. You know, glue up some boards. But, I mean, there's something in here about replacing doors. And it, it, it's, it's, a, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting hodgepodge of things that people might do with their homes. Exactly. I'm looking at it now, and it's, I'm looking at the chapter on crown moldings. Crown moldings are wonderful. I love hanging them, but I don't call that woodworking when I do it. It's more true carpentry. Exactly. And there is a difference. Yeah. Well, yeah, I use my brad gun when I put up crown moldings. Of course. <laughs> Chris? No, and, and to touch on that same thing, <clears throat> I like books like this that, that have just kind of a, a mixture of, of tips and stuff. I've actually got a couple of what I consider woodworking books that, that are just strictly shop uh, tips and things. And, and I like it because there's a lot of stuff in there. The problem that I have with this one is it, it, it seems like it doesn't know what it is. It, it's, is it a woodworking book or is it a home improvement book? Because there's things in there, just like Yami was saying, it seems like in a way it's more of a home improvement type book, but then you, you've got a chapter on wood bending in here. You know, so... So the guy that's using this for the home improvement side probably doesn't care about wood bending. And, and it seems like they just tried to do too many things in there and call it all woodworking where it should have defined more of what it is. Is it, is it more woodworking furniture type stuff or is it a book where you're actually coming in here and, and doing just more home improvement type stuff? And, yeah, and just because it's a home improvement that involves wood doesn't necessarily make it woodworking. Right. No, no. Yeah, I, I agree with the, uh, what everybody said so far. It's definitely uh, more of an introductory. I think back to when I started woodworking, I don't know, t 12, 15 years ago. And the way I started out in woodworking was, you know, fixing things around the house. I wasn't setting out to build furniture when I started. I was setting out to do the trim carpentry. And, and you know, that that's what 
evolved into into furniture making for me. Um, so so ten years ago, where I was, this would have been a book that would have opened my eyes to the world of woodworking. Coming from a place where I was a new homeowner trying to fix things around the house, there's a lot of good tips for for decks and and crown molding mm-hmm. and and that sort of stuff. But then there, it it kind of introduces all these other areas that maybe a new homeowner not thinking about woodworking uh, would be interested in. That said, people aren't going to go out and buy this book, in my opinion, because it says woodworking on it. Uh, new homeowners aren't thinking, hey, woodworking, that's what I need. They're thinking, yeah. man, how do I put up this trim? This trim? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, Nick, you're right on the money. I think you know your, your average homeowner is going to walk into a Lowe's or a Home Depot, and look for their, you know, homeowner's improvement guide. Now, in those books, they have sections that deal with woodworking, for instance, installing cabinetry or something like that, but it's not necessarily what you would call a woodworking book. Am I right, am I right on the money, guys? Or? Absolutely, and I'm just looking at the, the subtitle is The Workshop Companion. And if you think of the workshop as, you know, where you're doing all your home improvement, it's, it is the companion to all those things. Um, and I would refer to this, well, I'm not sure if I would refer to it. It is on a, on a fairly beginner level. But there are things in here that I don't do, like turning and uh, bending. And for those tasks, I think it's probably very useful. The explanation on most of these things is very straightforward and starts at a very beginner level. So to introduce anyone to any of these topics, I think it serves as a very good overall primer on, on almost everything that it mentions. You know, let's talk for a minute about that. You know, you've got woodworking books out there, and people, uh, you know, they'll get out, they'll want to buy a book, they just start in a craft, they don't know what they want to do immediately. They've got, uh, got people, you know, who are telling them, oh, you want to build chairs, you want to turn, you want to do uh, small soft puzzles. I mean, there's so many different disciplines of woodworking that people get into, where you spend a tremendous amount of money on a lathe and turning tools, and you can consider yourself a woodworker. And, you know, that's the thing. Does a book like this get people going down the right path? Well, I'm going to take a little bit of uh, issue with that, the right path. I don't. I think a book like this... Get them down starting on a path. Th- this introduces them to all the paths. I don't think this book is going to set them on a path. And I think, at least among the four of us, our path is somewhat similar. We're all basically into furniture. Um, but... You know, I, I'm not in a position to sit here and say that those guys who like turning are, are crazy. They are, but I wouldn't say yeah. that about them. Um, <laughs> People who own lathes, so, you know, really into it. Yeah, I know. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think the book is going to steer people wrong. I think it does a reasonable job of, of introducing people to all the different things that can be done, both in the different factions of woodworking, or most of the factions of woodworking, certainly not all of them, but also in the different factions of home improvement. And if you're just trying to get your feet wet, about both things, it's a good it's a good introduction. If you're trying to advance in any one of the topics, you leave this book behind and you move on to more advanced things. Do you think there's a place for a book like this? And that you know you mentioned it's, uh, the book kind of gets you started down the road in one or another paths. Do you think there's a place for a book like this that a beginning woodworker should get and and just have at least the reference to kind of little stubs that sort of lead out in the different paths? I'd say there's a place for it, um, but but as Chris mentioned earlier, I, I think there's probably um, a, a little bit of of character that's missing from the book. It, the, the book doesn't know what it wants to be, as, as he put it. It, it. There's so much in it, and it doesn't go 
sufficiently in depth into any one area that I, and and you know again back to the title people who are just starting out aren't going to pick up a book that says woodworking FAQ and see in the title in the in the cover that this is something that has all of the the different possible paths it, it, it's something that um, it, it reads like a superficial overview of all the possible things related to woodworking without giving the readers or the potential readers any hint that that's what it is. Okay, so basically it, it, it's kind of gloss. Is, is it just at such a shallow level yeah. that it's really not giving you anything to really grab onto and then move with? I, I would disagree with that a little bit. I, I'm not going to dispute that it's at a shallow level, but there are practical things here that you can do. I mean, the book is... For any for the one viewer who for your mom, Tom. Yes, so please let um, mom know. You can see it's got this open binding, and it's specifically designed for whatever it's worth to lay open on a bench. And if you're if you're just learning how to do some of this stuff, I could see the value in having it out in front of you and using it as a reference. An interesting point about the binding. You know, I, I've used a lot of books that have that perfect binding. You know, the, uh, they call it a perfect binding. It's not really perfect. No, it's, it's this not. kind of binding. It's kind of spine, and it's got, you know, it's really something you can't lay flat. I mean, you got to kind of crease it, and you break the binding if mm -hmm. you're doing something like that. This is a really good idea, and, and I'm sure it adds to the book publishing. It can't really be uh, something that can be done inexpensively. I would think so. I mean, it's, it's for in terms of production value, it's a well-made, well-put-together book, you know, and it's it retails for $16.95. So, I mean, it does add price to the price to the book, the binding itself, the spiral binding. But I think it's a good addition. I mean, I, I you know, and I got to, it, it reminds me a little bit, there's another book out there, it's years old, and, and actually when I was a beginning woodworker, I bought it. It's uh, Jim Tolpin did a book called Working Wood, and that was that first woodworking FAQ book that I bought that has this kind of binding. But the thing was, it, it went a lot deeper in to woodworking. It was, was more of an introduction to woodworking as opposed to just kind of a, Woodworking FAQ thing. And I was going to assume that it was more focused on woodworking than exactly. a combination of woodworking and, and home improvement. Exactly. There was nothing about, you know, hanging doors or anything along those lines. It was specifically about, you know, if you want to set up your shop, if you want to get an attorney, here's some of the terms you need to know, here's some of the tools people use. So it was, it was all very much geared toward woodworkers getting into the craft. And I still refer to it. I mean, it's got a great, it, that book that Jim Tolkien did had a great set of tables of dimensions. So what's the typical dimension for a chair? How high should it be above the ground? How high should the table be? How wide should the table be? And I still refer to it when I design things. Okay, here's here are your average expected heights for certain things. So for me, that was a good book. This one, I'm not sure it's going to get the same level of use that that other woodworking wood book got. No, and I would agree with you, because a lot of these seem like if I had the tip in front of me and I was doing the particular task, I'd probably use the tip. But I don't know if I would be motivated to, you know, I'm cutting a tenon, so let me flip through here and see their little tips for tenons. Undercut the shoulders and, you know, things like that that are, are useful tricks, but I don't know if, if I would refer back to this. I mean, that could be more me than the book, but... I don't think this is going to sit on my bench with me constantly flipping through it as I do different tasks. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this: when you when you read through the magazines that have tips and tricks, um, how much time do you spend in that section? It's the first thing I go to. I mean, I got to tell yeah. you, I'm a, I'm a wood subscriber, and I pick up the other ones uh, whenever I'm out and traveling. 
And that's usually the first thing I'll read. It kind of gives me an idea about, you know, because there's a lot of creativity out there. And, you know, that's the one thing I respect about these woodworking magazines. They're looking to the audience to provide some really good information. Um, so for me, I'll read it first. Then I'll go back every so often and kind of go through them again. I'll pull them off the shelf every so often. Well, and I'll, I'll say this. I mean, li like I said before, I, I've got another couple of books that are that are basically just an entire book just like this that's just on woodworking tips. They're more geared towards just, you know, woodworking like we, we kind of talk about woodworking. But that's the only books that I have that are woodworking that I have tons of tags in. I tag these things to death. As I'm going through it, I put notes, tags, all kinds of stuff in there just on stuff that I see. You know, some of it's some of it's things I just want to try later on and just see if they actually work. But uh so I, I do think books like this are useful. I like seeing tips and things that people are doing and, and I'll I'll go back and tag them and take a look at it later. Um I just it's it's not that the it's not that this one's completely bad. It's like all the tips no. are wrong. They're they're good tips. Most of the tips, you know, a lot of it's very basic. And you know, if you you take somebody, I mean, like one of the ones I, I couldn't help but laugh at it a little bit. But you know, it's it it asks, should I use white glue or yellow glue? Well. You know, it's it's one of those things. You know, somebody that doesn't know anything about woodworking, and they go pick up some some Elmer's just white paper glue. They don't know the difference. I mean, there are there is some relevancy in that, um, but it still seems like it's just too much. It's too many directions. Anybody else's take? Yeah, well, I got one more thing on the binding. Is if if you like me, I'll get all your reading done in one of two places, either the bedroom with your wife asleep, the binding is not a good place, a good thing to do. Yeah, the sweet, yeah. <laughs> no. It's a rather noisy binding. Um, the other place I get my reading done is is in the throne room. Yes. And for for that, this is a pretty good book. You know, for the few minutes you're going to spend a day flipping through, you know, every time you pick it up and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's i got to remember that for next time. I like Diami. I probably won't have this open on the table as a reference. Go, I won't go to it. But while I'm reading on my uh, my daily errands, I'll I'll definitely pick something up that I'll try to remember later. What do you guys find the most memorable thing about the book? I mean, obviously, you know, we, we, there are some concerns, and, and especially being more advanced woodworkers like ourselves. Uh, what are some of the things you liked? What's the most memorable thing you liked about the book? I'm going to say the breadth of of tips it does. Um, I, assuming that you're approaching this from a novice perspective, and that you understand the topics that are covered in it, and that it's a it's a hybrid of woodworking and do it yourself. You know, that's a lot of assumptions. But if you if you have those assumptions, I think this covers a lot of ground. And though it doesn't go very deep in any topic. Most of the information in it is very relevant, very useful beginner information for each respective topic. So I think that's the strong point for me was that though it covers a lot, what it co what it covers, it covers fairly well, I think. Yeah, and, and I'm going to – I actually got another thing to pick up on that is, is to carry that a little further is not only does it um, – not only does it cover a lot of different topics and stuff, but if you go back to the back, the resources, 
it, it actually lists for each chapter and each topic or each kind of section through there, it gives a lot of resources. So there's a lot of books and magazines that it actually refers back to, which I think is pretty cool because if you're going through here and, and you are a new woodworker and you jump into this thing and it does spark an interest and you go, hey, well, that's kind of cool. I wonder, I want to learn more about that. It gives you the resources to go find this information. You know, it, it, it's a good point. I mean, that, that resources section, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, magazines, books, online, sources, uh, you know, resources by chapter. And then it goes in and drills in. Uh, you know, that really itself is, is valuable because, you know, sometimes we're kind of stuck. You know, if you've got something about, um, you know, like if you have a question about, well, you know, what kind of plywood do you use, you go right in here and it links you to different, uh, you know, Hearn Hardwood and the International Wood Collector Society and, uh, and, and Tawico Hardwoods and, and Columbia Forest products. It, it's a good link, and it gives you the source to go jump on, which is, I think that it steers you down the right road. I mean, at least it helps spark some interest and get you into other sources. Right, exactly. For me, I, I, I will never forget reading this book and, and reading some of the questions that to me seemed like they had an answer written out already and they said, hmm, what kind of question can we formulate to make this, this, uh, this answer sound like it's actually coming from a, 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 you know, an introductory woodworker? Um, some of them are just comical. Uh, and, and I'll leave it to you guys to, to, go, fi to go find the book if you want to read it and, and, and see what I'm talking about. But o overall, the, it, I had a fairly negative viewpoint of it, but uh, you know, I, I agree with Diami from a different perspective. Where I was 10, 12 years ago, um, as as a basic, you know, new homeowner just getting into woodworking, I think something like this book 10 years ago would have been would have been something I'd I'd have handy in the shop. Yeah, for me, the one thing that really stood out were the illustrations. Again, they're small and they're black and white. Obviously, it was a, uh, an effort to keep the production cost down. I mean, I think the majority of the production money went into the binding. Um, but again, the illustrations I thought were very clear. Um, you know, some, if they're talking about a particularly involved point, they you know they, they they actually put an illustration with it, which showed what they were talking about. Me, I'm more of a visual learner. Um, for if I'm going to read a long lengthy description, I'd rather see the picture and see how things go together. So for me, the thing that stood out with this were the illustrations. It seemed like there were a number of them on each page, so I, I feel pretty good about that. I mean, that was something that really stood out for me. I'll agree with you, Tom, and I'm flipping through it now, and I, I'm struggling to find, now that I'm saying this, I'm struggling to find a page without an illustration. There are some, but most most pages have one or more illustrations, and they are, they're very clear. And again, they're all simple instructions. This is a, a I'll reiterate, this is a, a, a beginner's level book, but for these tasks, they're very relevant and very clear and, and helpful. You know, it's funny, because like, uh, right here on, uh, on page 169, about a box joint, how to cut a box joint. It actually has the illustration of the guide. It has an illustration of the jig that you can build for your table saw. It has the description, but it also has the jig illustration. And for me, that's going to be a big deal to actually see what's going on there, to be able to, uh, you know, to, to follow along sort of with the build. Now, it's not a detailed technical uh, illustration, but it's a finished, finished product, and this is how it works, which kind of gets you to there. It, it kind of shows you where you're going. So for me, again, like you said, yeah, I mean, it, it, the illustrations are pretty clear. Uh, pretty concise, um, you know, so I'd like to see more of them. Too many gray pages. Too many gray pages. You need more illustrations. You want a pop-up book? I want a pop-up book. 
I want to scratch and sniff, pop up woodworking book because that's the IQ level of which I work. We got it? Okay, good. Okay, so now we get to the most important part of the show. And like everybody else, they got to give it a rating. Okay, we can't give this, you know, stars, which is done to death. We can't give it, uh, you know, screws or nails or, or, you know, like oak trees or anything along those lines. So for some reason, the idea came up with Brad Nailers. I guess Brad Nails. So I'm down with that. I'm down with that. So the question is, how many out of five Brad Nails, how many books, how many Brad Nails does this book get? Chris Atkins in Atlanta. What do you think? We're getting some some interference. Yeah, I heard the interference here. I'm not sure where that was coming from. Another uh, planet. I, I I don't know. I mean I. Okay, so when I first picked up the book and I was looking through it, I honestly was two. That's where I was going with it. Um, and then kind of the more I got into it, I don't know. I, I guess I would give it a three. I, I don't think it's it, it's definitely not up there in the top, but I'll give it a three. Okay, so we're in the three range. So a three out of five, somewhere in the middle there. Right. Uh, Deami, what, what, do you, what is your take on this? How many brand nails would you give this? I'm going to cop out on it a little bit. I'm going to say I'm going to give it two different ratings. If if you, I know. There's four of us, the army. <laughs> now we're gonna have five ratings. It's gonna. What do you vote in Long Island? What's going right, on? Who who knows how to average with five answers? <laughs> if if you're just getting in, then I'd give it a three and a half. Okay. Because it's valuable to someone who's just getting in. Maybe even a four. I'll give it a four if you're just getting in. But. If you've if you've had a shop for a while and you've gone through most of these beginner exercises and you you already narrowed your focus into only some of the things in the book, then I'm probably only give it a one, because all right. if you know what you're doing, it's not all that relevant. Decent spread, decent yeah. spread. It, it really comes down to down to the audience. All right, okay, Nick, tell me what you think. Yeah, I'm I'm I was gonna Diami stole my idea of splitting it up. For for folks like like me who who've been doing it for a while and kind of have read all of these these tips before, um, it's probably a one and a half, and, and maybe a three for somebody who's just getting into it. There there's a fair amount of good tips in there um, to make it a handy book for people who are just starting out. All right, you guys want to be that way? Fine. Here's my rating, just so you know. It's a two and a half brand nails for me. I feel like Norm trying to drive them in. During the New Yankee workshop. It's a two and a half for me. But I tell you, if this book was pop up and scratch and sniff, it'd be at least a four. Minimum of a four. Probably a four and a half, I'm thinking. Scratch and sniff is absolutely necessary. Critical in the design of the book. Just remember that, Spike. Just remember that. Next time you revise this thing. <laughs> and all you other publishers. And all you publishers out there. Everybody listening. Scratch and sniff. Press, popular woodworking book, everybody out there, listen. Scratch and sniff and pop up. You gotta love it. Okay, everybody. It looks like we're about ready to wrap up. And I'm telling you, we're at the end. I can tell it was the end because Chris is nodding off. I can see it starting to see Just okay. start nodding off a little. <laughs> okay, Speedy Adkins, hang with us for a little while because we're going right. to be the end. Here. I'm holding okay. on. I'm holding on. on. Okay, now. That wraps it up for the show. Again, I want to thank my partners in crime, Chris Atkins, Speedy Gonzalez of HighRockWoodworking.com, Diami Pizanti of Penultimate Word... <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Penultimate Word Shop, that's right. Wordshop.com. And my friend Rick, no wait, don't call him Rick, it's Nick Rulo of Mansfield Fine Furniture. Thanks, Tom. That's me. Now, Diami, if somebody wants to get involved with this discussion, how do they do it? If somebody wants to get involved in this discussion... They need medical assistance, other than that. Yeah, they really... They, they, the, uh, they should go talk to their spouse and have this hobby taken away from them. Uh, <laughs> what they should do if they want to get involved in this discussion is go to modernwoodworkersassociation.com and you can post the comments on the show notes, which will go up as soon as Chris wakes up. Um, you can also... <laughs> You can also go to the Contact Us tab and uh, email or Twitter or contact us through one of the various social networks that we have linked there, and uh, we're all spam bait because it's publicly up there for all our one listeners. So your mom can contact us. Thanks, Mom. And, uh, and you go to the About Us page and the Join MWA page. And there's, If you go to modernwoodworkersassociation.com, there's no shortage of ways to contact us and join in and become a modern woodworker. If you're not plugged in, by golly, you need to be so. Did you say that? I would say that. I'd also say if you're not plugged in, you're probably not hearing this. So I don't think exactly. you need to worry about that. <laughs> All right. Now, remember, if you want to find out more about the Modern Woodworkers Association, be sure to visit modernwoodworkersassociation.com. I can say all that. For the up-to-the-minute happenings on the many different chapters around the country and, believe it or not, starting to go worldwide. If you want to start a chapter of your own, just click on the Join W... <laughs> M- <laughs> join... Join the, WW, yeah, join the MWA tab at the top. And remember, membership is free, but the connections you make are priceless. <laughs> I'm resident shop monkey Tom Iavino of Tom'sWorkbench.com wishing you happy sawdust. Thanks for listening.